some years back in a hospital in London. They mistakenly sent out over 30 letters to unsuspecting patients informing them that they were pregnant. <laughs> the hospital's computer that normally sends out form letters telling people their operations have been postponed was in the hands of someone who was new at the job and they hit the wrong key. I know I've been there. <laughs> so instead of sending information to those patients to reschedule a procedure, they received a form letter that said, congratulations, you were great with child. And among those who received the letter were six elderly men. <laughs> I'm quite sure they were surprised. But I'm also quite sure that many of the women who received that letter were surprised as well. And I'm sure many of them probably said, how can this be? How can this be? For one to ask that question, how can this be, or why me, suggests we expect some understandable or human reason for an unanticipated or unexpected event that's occurred in our lives. The question itself is understandable. In fact, it's been said that the greatest distance one can ever travel is from the head to the heart. But the reverse journey, my friends, from our hearts to our heads may be even harder. Because the truth is, that journey is all uphill. Many in the last nine months have probably asked the question, how can this be? How can this be that our wedding was canceled? How can this be that we couldn't have that family gathering that we'd waited on for so long? How can this be? The question can be even more powerful that, and it has been in recent months. Mr. So-and-so, you've tested positive for COVID-19. And the response is, well, how can this be? And sadly, many have heard, folks, we're sorry to have to tell you, but your loved one has passed away. And then they sink back and they think, how can this be? Friends, it's a very tough journey from the heart to the head. This question today does more than ask for reason, though. The fact that the question is being asked at all suggests an underlying recognition that some things in this world don't make rational sense, and some of them never will this side of the veil. The mom says to her son, I love you, son. And the scared little boy says, how can this be? I just cut down your favorite dogwood tree in the backyard and you just sent me to my room. <laughs> Friends, some things in this life, in fact, many things in this life, defy reason. And the question of Mary to the angel today is typical of our human response to the unknown. It's a great example of hope 
seeking understanding. It's a great example of the human heart being satisfied so it may not reach the head. And what about this annunciation of the well-known angel Gabriel to this young girl named Mary? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, most girls have trouble with simple conversations with just a normal guy like me. And she's having one with a divine being, God's anointed messenger who makes all these appearances around this special event. I'm going to ask you to listen to this passage once again. Follow along on the, bullet, on the board behind me or in your bulletins or Bibles at home and let's hear God's word once again around this event. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her. It's a true stretch for any of our finite minds to even remotely imagine this young peasant girl in her early teens being approached by this angelic figure and then hearing these very perplexing, incomprehensible words. This young girl was likely trembling, thinking, are you talking to me? Well, I struggled with this passage for years to visualize this. But many years ago, I stepped in the Philadelphia Museum of Fine Art, and I saw this. And it's hard to see in here, and I apologize for the lighting. This painting was done in the late 1800s by an African-American man who was persecuted and not even allowed to put it and enter it into the fine museums of art, but it finally arrived there. And as I looked at that, 
it absolutely captivated me. Because it's hard to see here, but this young girl is looking up in complete bewilderment, in fear, and her face is so easily de depictable in this moment. And the angel, the shaft of bright light that led God's people, is in this room, and it illuminates this dark room. And you see the small candle on the table beside her, drowned out by this event. I needed that, because this is hard to imagine, and it really impacted my life in an understanding on this text. Sadly, the entertainment industry has distorted what most people's image of angels are found in the pages of Scripture, which record that all these angelic encounters around the birth of Jesus. The fact is there's more recorded references of God's divine messengers doing God's divine bidding around the birth of Jesus than any other place in Scripture. The truth is God had been silent for centuries. Centuries after Malachi closed out the Old Testament, no one heard a word or saw a miracle at all until God broke into this world again at the virgin conception and the birth of our Savior. Friends, we can be assured that when Mary addressed her question to this angel, how will this be? She wasn't speaking to a figment of her imagination. In reality, she was asking this, how can this be that God could use me. How could this be that God could use you or me? What a humble affirmation of her open willingness to hear God's calling in her life. Gabriel is God's appointed angel. There's only two named angels in the Bible. Michael's the other. But Gabriel did all the bidding around this event and was in every sense a messenger of God sent to Mary to where she was to clearly announce the calling and bidding of God, not the whims of this young girl. One way to approach the answer to Mary's question to the angel and many of the deeper questions of our very own lives is to remember who the story is all about. Have you ever thought about that fact? The story of your life and mine with all the experiences that we've known, including the one that we are all living through right now in this very time, unprecedented time, are not stories about us or about a virus. It's not about any of us at all. It's about God and His his movement in our world today and in our lives. Folks, our purpose for being, our births, our loves, our losses, our relationships, our very lives are only secondarily about any of us. This well-known biblical story, known by all believers, and so many don't even believe in Jesus. Just like all the stories of our lives, it's not about us, but about what God is doing in us and through us in this moment in time. This miraculous story 
It's so foundational to our Christian faith. It's likewise not really about Mary or angels. The story is about God, my friends, and it's about God's love for you, for each of you, for me. It's about his love. The reason so many of us remember this story about Mary and not ours is because Mary's story is rooted. Mary's story is rooted in her faithful willingness and obedience to God and trusting him in this divine calling. I once heard someone say, I wonder how many stops it took old Gabriel that night before he could find a young girl willing to say yes <laughs> to this calling. I guess we'll never know if there's an answer to that question this side of eternity because God's redemptive plan for history is only interested in those who said yes. But just like Mary, we don't choose to be a part of God's redemptive work. That's not within our nature. We are chosen by him. Mary was shocked and blown back by that event to learn that God had a supernatural plan for her life. And what we know from this side of the cross about this event is that her life was not without ridicule, hardship, and sorrow. It's clearly not because we're special either, folks. <laughs> In fact, when God chose anyone he wanted to use throughout the pages of Scripture, he often chose them in spite of their numerous sins, flaws, and shortcomings. Thank goodness, or we'd all be useless. Moses was guilty of murder. David was too young. Peter was a simple fisherman. And Paul had been a persecutor, the very one who called him. Over and over, we see God doing extraordinary things through ordinary people in this world. Ordinary people who are faithful and obedient to his prompting. When we're chosen as Mary was, we often think, how can this be? How can God use me? And like her, we want some sort of answer. But again, <laughs> it's not about our story. It's about God's. Unlike Zechariah and Elizabeth, Luke doesn't say that Mary was chosen for her righteousness any more than you and I are chosen for ours. But she was called to be a critical part of God's divine do-over plan for our salvation and for hers. God's blessing to others is still available today through people just like you, just like us. Just like the couple commissioned here on Thursday, they were called by God who submitted that call in faithful obedience to serve God somewhere in North Africa. Friends, each of you were chosen by God, and that's why you're here right now, in this moment in time. Now, you could be sitting there right now thinking, uh, I'm not sure about that one. How can this be? We might all wonder that. But we won't likely get a satisfactory answer on this side just like Mary did. We simply know it's true because the Virgin Mary's life proved it. 
her faithfulness and her trust in God proved it. That God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things if we will surrender in faithful obedience. And if we do, we learn from this young girl that with God nothing is impossible. Friends, I assure you that God is up to something very special in this world right now amid this pandemic. All of us here have been given a glimpse at St. Barnabas of what may be going on, and we still don't see it clearly. But God has placed you, each one of you, here at this particular time in this church, in this season, for his restoration and revival plan for the awakening that we're in right now. And guess what? None of us ever feel up to that task. Do you, Father? <laughs> no. None of us do. After all, none of us is more aware of our shortcomings than us. But just as the angel gave a reminded Mary, we too are reminded in this passage today that with God nothing is impossible. Virgin Mary reminds us that God lifts up the lowly and takes special pleasure in using the humble because it's not about us. It's all about Him. Mary knew that, too. She knew it wasn't about her. It was all about God, and she said these words that He says to each of you, to all of us. Behold the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And just like Mary, we must be open to being used for God's praise and glory. God doesn't call the equipped folks. He equips the called. And if we think that we can dodge that calling, try it. <laughs> You're in a life that will be robbed of peace. Because i got news for you. Jonah couldn't outrun God's call for his life. <laughs> Read the story. You won't be able to either. Because it's not your story. It's not Mary's. It's not wasn't Jonah's. It's not ours. It's God's story. Folks, none of us can fulfill our vocation to holiness without embracing radical willingness. Willingness to be open to God's call even when we feel inadequate. Created in God's image and likeness, we're nonetheless broken and incomplete. Folks, we're all sinners. That's the common condition to us all. And none of us ever have and ever will feel adequate. But God accepts us as we are and sanctifies us and blesses us. God chooses the foolish to shame the wise and the weak to shame the strong. We must also be willing to answer his call when it really doesn't fit on our schedule. When we feel like, you know what, that's an interruption, man, I really don't have it in my day today. You don't have any time. <laughs> None of us do. Yet it's through our openness to God and the consequent need to pivot and change that our greatest opportunities and growth are always found. 
It's in those moments when we're ready to give when we don't have it. When we're ready to submit when we don't want to. That we find growth and spiritual growth and development. And that's where we find ourselves as a church in these unprecedented days, my friends. We can't say yes to every person or every need, but we must never discount God's prompting. We must always commit to them in prayer with full attention. And we must never forget that it's not our story. It doesn't matter how large or small our appointed task either. It only matters that we, each of you and me, remain faithful, that this church remains faithful and obedient to God's calling before us. Let me close with this. The answer, the answer to all the unanswered questions in our lives, in our world, and in our church today are found before you today concerning our restoration and our resurrection as a person, as a world, and as a church. How will this be? All are answered in this passage and in this season before us. Christmas reminds us, folks, there is no situation too impossible for God. Christmas reminds us our loving God is in the impossible business. And young Mary reminds us with God all things are possible and all things are bearable. That if we will remain faithful and obedient, God will use us for his glory. And when he does, just as he did the Virgin Mary, he will bless us and we will hear the very same words that she heard at the end of her journey and her call on this earth. And that's well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.